Welcome to Talking Junk. I'm your host, Jason Melendez. Live now every week on Fridays. Talking Junk. A multitude of professionals in different aspects, different walks of life. You have to come on and talk junk like a normal person. Welcome to Talking Junk. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm here once again with the crew, Talon. Yo, how's it going, Jay? China. Hello. China, how you doing? How you doing, Sunshine? How you doing, Donna? Before Hello. we introduce our guest, what do you guys think of our new song and our new uh, intro? Uh, I think that shit is tight. If I if I may if I may say so myself, I I think it's really good. I I think it gives a a unique sound to the whole intro. It's a little slowed down. It's got a nice bump to it. It gets you kind of ready to go for the show. I like. Let's it in not. There. I, I won't lie. I like the sound bites and hearing myself in there doing my voice. He's pretty cool. Well, let's not forget the new merchandise. Oh, what's that? What's that say? Oh. Soldier no swiping. Soldier no swiping. Can't take this one, baby. Nah. But uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's introduce our guest, Miss Luann Smith. How you doing tonight, Luann? I'm great. Hi. How is everybody? Hey, Luann. Pretty how are you good. Doing? doing well. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And you are the co-editor of Taboos and Transgressions: Stories of Wrongdoers. That's right. Yeah, I co-edited with uh, Carrie Neville and Debbie Lascar, um, collection of uh, an anthology collection of short stories and uh, memoirs. Okay. Well, bef- before we dive into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I live in New Jersey, but obviously this is not a New Jersey accent that you're hearing. Um, <laughs> I grew up, in, grew up in Kentucky. Um, I just retired as a college professor um, for creative writing and, and film uh, mm-hmm. from Westchester University outside Philadelphia. Westchester. Um, okay. Yeah. Outside of uh, um, Philly. And uh, I've been there 30 years now. Um, so I just retired from there and I'm on my way to move into uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Oh, oh okay. that's, where, that's where I am. I'm not in St. Petersburg. I'm about two hours from there, but I'm in Florida now. Everybody's leaving me and going to you. It's hot as shit, Luann. I'm not gonna lie, it's hot as shit. So if you don't like the the, the weather, <laughs> you're gonna be like me. You're, you're gonna be asked out. I'm it's asked out. I hate the weather. It's it's, it's so it's hot. It's the humidity. Okay, let's be honest. Florida's not that hot. It's very very humid because if you go to the high desert, yeah. 115 degrees. That's hot. Okay, okay Mr. Cali. <laughs> go to Vegas in the summer, not just Cali. It's the high desert, man. It's- Matthew. You want somebody from Westchester? <laughs> but that's awesome. So how long were you actually um, uh, teaching? I was there 30 years, and I taught at Penn State about five years before that. So wow. long time teaching. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old chick. You know, were you so. able to get a tenure? 
Oh, I had tenure about five years in, so I had tenure the whole time oh, wow. I was there. Oh, wow. Nice. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> From what I understand, that's something you could work a long time for. So to have it most of the time, shout out to you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. I think they I didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked worked in your much, favor. Right? Well, the times haven't evolved much because people still don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So uh, when did you start editing books? I started, this is my second book that I edited. I'm actually a, a fiction writer myself, um, though I've just published stories. I haven't really published a book yet. And I met um, a publisher at a, a conference called Associated Writing Programs Conference, which is a big 10,000 writers conference that happens every year um and i proposed a possibility of doing a anthology with her and the first one was called runaway which was just stories about running away whether physically or psychologically or whatever um and then this idea came up and so we we went with it so sounds good so why don't you tell us a little bit about this one this one is a dark <laughs> kind of a book. Um, it doesn't pull punches. It uh, looks at breaking rules. Good. Yeah, it looks at breaking rules. And uh, the interesting thing about it is when we got started with it, um, we just defined taboos and transgressions very generally and let the people who are submitting stories define it more specifically. Um, and the taboos that they came up with, everything from breaking laws and sinning to things like personal taboos and, and taboos that uh, your family has set up, you know, and, and even like saying what you can dream about doing and, and what you can't dream about doing was a taboo. And so it just, you know, went from things that were, that we would expect like murder to, um, you know, breaking rules in terms of what your family expects of you. It ended up with being something where we could get a really diverse book out of it in terms of what the, we represent there. And like I said, stories don't pull punches, which is my kind of um, story. I like a, a book that's that's a little dark and, and gritty, um, and this is definitely dark and gritty. Um, so it's, it's, I think, interesting in terms of... Uh, the variety of stories we ended up getting with it. Most of them realism, some of them a little bit fantasy. Um, so it's kind of a mix. And we have so some memoir it, and real stuff. Is it generally like true stories or are they stories written by different people put into it? Because it kind of sounds like a chicken soup for the soul with a dash of taboo. Ooh. It's a lot of chicken soup with the, for the soul. It's a whole bunch of different uh, stories uh, written by different people. There are 24 different authors in the book. Um, okay. Most of the stories are made up, you know, just fictional stories. Um, but at least I would say five or six of them are memoir, which are true stories. Okay. About what um, people really experience. Um, you know, one of them is from a, a Pakistani woman talking about the taboos in the culture she was raised in, which included just talking to boys when she was in school 
and how that was looked down upon and for somebody of her her class. Um, and so you know, and uh, okay. how she butted up against that as a, a person. So okay, it's that, did, we have a serial killer, and we have somebody just going up against family. Oh wow, a serial killer. Wow. Which one? Yeah, there's one serial killer in there. That's right. <laughs> 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 yeah, I like all that stories. On stories. I'm sure if you watch yeah. enough of those uh those drug uh, not drug uh, those uh crime shows, you you'll be like, I think I know which one it is from reading the story. I know his MO. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, uh I don't like shouting out other podcasts, but it's honestly because of the last podcast on the left. So shout out to the last podcast on the left. They're the reason why I, I am so into those serial killer stories. Which is why we did John Metheny uh, a couple of weeks back on the breaking. So, so I'm I'm curious since it's dark and usually to help with uh, just being able to digest dark content. Does the book also contain humor in it in different areas? Are there like humorous dark elements, or is it just kind of like a very gritty, serious focus only? Or does it kind of have dark humor in there as well, kind of? It has, um, I would say, three stories in it that are a little bit lighter um, in terms of uh, uh, tackling a dark subject, but still a lighter take on the subject. Um, there's one story called The Kiss um, uh, in this piece, which is from the point of view of the frog prince after he's become a prince um, and how he doesn't quite know how to be a human um, you know, and it keeps breaking all the rules of being a human um, because he doesn't know he's, he's a frog, you know, okay. and so it's very, it's very sweet and, and, and dear story. And, and, you know, I think it's good, like you said, to have a, a mental breather in there. Um, and, and there are a couple like that, I think, in the piece overall. So I, I wanted something that was a little bit lighter in there that still tackled breaking taboos or breaking rules, um, but still tackled it in a a little okay. more fun way. That actually reminds me of uh, when I was in school because I was in AP courses. So it kind of mm -hmm. makes me think of uh, the prompts that you would get where you'd have to read a passage from a short story or a short story that was a page or two and then, you know, have to respond to questions on there. And that kind of a story sounds like the kind of story you'd want to find where it's like, okay, this yeah. is kind of interesting. Let's see what's going on here. And then like, you'd be able to actually figure out what's going on with Taboo here because it's an engaging kind of story. Cause I remember there being some things on there is like, man, I I've read this so many times, but what am I reading? But that just listening to the premise actually sounds interesting. I do a prompt for it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I imagine that probably I to a lot of prop for it. So <laughs> I imagine that probably lends to your having a history as an English teacher though as well. Like kind of being able to curate those kinds of things. Something that's interesting versus just for the sake. We got um over two hundred submissions for the the book from uh writers, two more than two hundred writers sent material in. And um, we had to narrow it down to 24 stories. So wow. we actually had enough for two two books, but didn't have the budget for two books. Um, and so, so we had to narrow, we narrow it down. And so diversity became really important. Let's get 
a mix of things in here that represent different kinds of taboos and are different voices and and uh, different flavors to them. Right. Um, so I would know, imagine it was a pretty rigorous elimination process. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was a uh, it was a hard decision. To be honest. Um, you know, my editors and I um, went through and selected all the ones we liked best and all the ones we sort of thought, you know, were maybe. Um, and uh, when we got to the ones we liked best and started looking at, you know, well, do we have just uh, as an example, too many stories about prostitutes or too many stories about killers or too many stories about, uh, um, you know, breaking your wedding vows or whatever. Um, then which one do we choose out of all of these so that we don't have that many stories right. like this? So, yeah, it was a very, very hard process to sort of narrow down. I had to cut some good stories, but uh, I think we ended up with the best book that we could, could pull together. Were there, any, were there any cut stories that stood out to you that you might remember now? That I remember now? Um, some of the yeah, cut ones that you might remember. Yeah, there are a few, certainly, that I thought were very good, and I really hated having to cut them out. Um, you know, there's one that was, uh, I thought would have been a, a kind of a nice lightweight um, piece to put in there about a bunch of kids getting in trouble throwing apples at a party in the neighborhood, you know, which was a nice lightweight feel type of story to it, sort of a coming day. Luann, I'm going to be honest with you, all right? I grew up in the Bronx, mm -hmm. right? I grew up in the hood. Yeah. We used to throw eggs, and eggs hurt like a motherfucker. But if you're throwing <laughs> apples, I mean apples, mm -hmm. that's I mean, not a rule. That like, hurts. It depends on what kind oh, of yeah, apple. Even a crab apple hurts, though, bro. Those are smaller, and those hurt a little they more. Crab than apples, and yeah, they they would hurt. Um, and they the kids got in trouble and kind of didn't realize what they were doing that they could hurt people this way, mm -hmm. you know, and um. It was a good story, but it just ultimately, when I had to make choices about coming of age stories and that type of thing in the piece, that one had to go to the side, and, and I really hated having to put that one. It was a little bit long too for the book. I mean, I would have to cut out two stories to fit it in, mm. um, you know. So I had to make a choice with it. So, how did you go from teaching to editing? Um. Teaching, um, one of the things that uh, happens when you teach creative writing is you're like an art teacher or something like that. You got two jobs rather than one. You understand what I mean? Like with an art teacher, you're both an artist and a teacher. And the same is true of creative writing. I'm both a, a writer and a teacher. Um, and so, and so uh, by the time I. It's like it goes I, hand in hand anyway, because don't. Yeah, it goes hand in hand. And so editing is just something I, I was interested in. Um, I started out working on a book about badass women uh, characters. Um, that book's still in the works. It's kind of put aside for a little while. Um, but then uh, um, got into these others and just started following them. And I'm working on a third anthology now. So, yeah. Nice. Is it going to be, is it still on a uh, taboo or is it like a different subject? It's a little bit different subject. It's called Muddy Backwaters, uh, Backwaters, I'm sorry, Muddy Backroads, uh, Sports Off of the Path. And so it's kind of stories looking at uh, characters who 
themselves where they shouldn't be, basically, and what happens. Okay. Very That's interesting. Dark. Uh, <laughs> there seems to be kind of a theme there. Are you like, what What kind of, like, what's your favorite type of, uh, like, novels? What kind of things do you like to read? What inspires you to actually have this passion in English and creative writing specifically? In creative writing specifically, um, I read a lot of different things, but you know, when I look at what I like the best, it's always very gritty. And because I'm from the South, a lot of it's Southern writing, um, you know, and, and uh, I think that there's a big tradition of Southern writing that sort of got me into writing myself and, and uh, sort of go from there, you know, I mean, from William Styron with Sophie's Choice type of uh, book to uh, Faulkner to you know, big names that you would know. Um, okay. Not like necessarily, but that you would know. Uh, and then, you know, and then I read for pleasure, I read murder mysteries all the time. So, okay. Who's your favorite author if you had to pick one? Out of all of them, um, probably Tim O'Brien right now, who did. Uh, a book called The Things They Carried, which is a Vietnam War story. I've heard of that. I know I didn't read it, but I think uh, I think that was something that was in rotation when I was in school, and we didn't get that rotation of book. I remember hearing about that. Hmm. And your favorite reading? School. And then if I'm reading for pleasure, I read John Sanford or Michael Connolly, you know, which is the Harry Boss series. That's one to on uh Ooh, I think it's on. Okay. Are you um, now, since you're into the darker aspects, are you more into the darker realistic as opposed to like horror kind of writing of uh, like uh, King or um, I think Koontz does that as well? See, I knew he was going to bring up King because we were talking about that earlier. He was just talking about how he's reading his first uh, King novel, uh, The Gunslinger, oh, yeah. in the, the Dark yeah. Tower series. Yeah, I'm starting the Dark Tower series. And <laughs> I've seen some of his movies, and I've been aware of like so many mm -hmm. just important things. And now I'm getting into actually how he writes. And I started actually reading it, and I got maybe three chapters in. But as I was reading it, I was like, this is kind of weird a little bit to me and like i had never read somebody that had such a sexualization going on in their in their writing in the way that his <laughs> is i was like this is new i'm very interested but i've i've never read something like this in a book and i don't how does this tie in but i I'm, i was been so intrigued i actually just got the audiobook last night and i was listening through it again and i was like this really is a good story and having somebody else read it allows me to take it in. I can just pause it and then not be like, oh, my eyes are tired or something like that. Because I do need to get glasses. I'm lacking on that. But this is at least let me get it in there. But I was just curious because Stephen King is dark, but he's also very odd and has the twisted horror aspect. So I was curious if it was more of a realistic, dark, like a Sherlock Holmes kind of dark story mystery versus, I guess, say, I guess the Dark Tower. <laughs> or something like that. Like where do you all three of you darkness to all come three of you should all three of you should read eleven twenty two eighty three. The one that they made a show about? Yes. Okay. And I it's not a show. 
It was more of a um, one of those mini movie TV series that they do of Stephen King, but they did it on Hulu. I didn't realize it was a Stephen King thing. I saw it up there and it actually looked interesting. And then what you know. is it? Oh, it's really eleven twenty two eighty three. All three of you would enjoy that book. Okay. And or Hulu uh, miniseries. Yeah, we, don't, we don't need to shout out Hulu though. They we can pay for. So that. that's a recommendation for you as well, Luann. <laughs> oh, I just did that. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually taught uh, Stephen King's Running Man, one of his oldest. Oh, novel, wow. which was made into that Schwarzenegger movie. I think it was he wrote that too. Yeah, See, I didn't really know it. Wow, I didn't know Running Man was Stephen King. I, I think I might have to go back and try and read that because I think that might have a little more of a digestible start than uh, his magnum opus because there's like 11 books there or something. So it might be starting a little deep for Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah you should have started a little earlier. Yeah, what I'm doing is actual, just realism, just straightforward humans being bad, you know, okay. kind of, and, and, you know, doing things they shouldn't do necessarily. Um, but I fully support Stephen King as a writer. I think uh, with his most well-known books like Salem's Lot and, and, you know, those books, um, one of the things he does well as a writer is, create a world that you're comfortable in before he scares you mm. with it. Like he's very good with description as a writer and, and sort of making you comfortable in this world. And then suddenly somebody's scratching out your window trying to get in and you're wondering. Hiya, Georgie. <laughs> yeah. Hiya, Georgie. I've been wondering. Would you like a pretty red balloon? Yeah, exactly. But he makes you comfortable first before he, and that scares you even more. You know, because you're you're yeah. like in a town, yeah, you're, you're a town that you're comfortable in. Hey, Sierra. <laughs> I'm going to have to try something a little lighter maybe after this one. Although, if it grips me, I might just have to listen to the series because, again, now that I'm hearing it, it's a little bit easier. Um, oh, I listen to it all the time, I love yeah, I apparently I've been paying for credits, and I didn't know that, so I'm going to start <laughs> using them. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. Try and get try and get my brain to take something in else besides some textbook knowledge, you know what I mean? Something that's fun and gets my, my mind out. Um, I'm actually um, shout out to Matt. I'm not sure if he's still in the audience, but he just uh, he's been telling me to do it for a while, but there's a, a large library of Star Wars books and mm -hmm. a lot of them aren't good, but there are some that are very good. And there's one that I've started with them and I finally got it last night and I listened to the first six chapters already. I was listening to it right before the podcast. Like I'm gripped by listening to it and it's so good. And well, you need to get gripped with listening to taboos and transgressions. Is there an audiobook? Stories no, of wrongdoing. Would you like what you need to do is listen to yourself read it then, Talon. Huh? <laughs> listen, listen to yourself read it. You can do that. That's two jobs at the same time. You want me to read it out loud to myself, and then I gotta hear. That's three things. Th three things. Too many. Too many. Three that, too that many. And you have to you stay have awake it. while you're doing all of it. Right. I gotta. That's four things. Come on, Jay. We're making things way too difficult. <laughs> well, let's not forget breathe now. You don't want to forget to breathe. Oh, that's yeah. No, I'm thinking about it. 
And I know so much now. I'm going to think about every single stage of my breathing. Is it deep? Is my alveoli engaged? What's going on? <laughs> am I hypo? Am I hyperventilating? What am I doing? <laughs> so do you have any books that you published already that are complete of your own work? Not yet. Not yet. I'm, get, I'm working on a collection of short stories right now um, and should uh, hopefully start hitting publishers up with it uh, next fall once I get everything revised and I'm in the middle of a novel that I'm working on, which is going to take a little while longer to get it finished up. Well, but once well give us the juicy dude. You got to give us the juicy details, Luann. You got to let us know what the novel's about. Is it a triple homicide? Is a dog involved? Well, it's small the short stories, right? A southern preacher who is a uh, uh, Methodist preacher in Kentucky who is has fallen out of love with his wife and is thinking about having an affair with one of his parishioners. So um, it's, a, it's a nice southern romance now. It sounds juicy. The other character that's in it is an older man that uh, is one of his people in his church who has cancer but is trying trying out marijuana for the first time thanks to his grandson. So he can <laughs> eat. And so they're going to end up in, in getting in a little trouble smoking some marijuana together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of trouble. A little bit of Just trouble, little. yeah. A little bit, yeah. What's life without a little bit of trouble, though? You got some fun, right? Oh, you yeah. Gotta live. Yeah, I'm having some fun with it. So I got two main characters with it, sort of parallel their their stories and then bring them together okay. in, the, in the story with it. So. I like that idea. Of of like separate tree branches coming down to the root. There's a yeah, movie like that. You. What the hell yeah, is the that you. movie? What movie? I knew that would so get your ear, Sunshine. There's a movie that somebody it's there's several movies, but the one I'm thinking of, I believe it has uh what's his damn name? Forrest Whitaker's in it. I know that. Okay. But there's a like an explosion and somebody gets shot, somebody and they see it from like five different views and it all brings it straight together to one big plot. It was it was, it was bananas. I don't it I don't sounds remember. kind of familiar, but I cannot recall. I don't know if I've seen it or maybe I just recall a trailer for it. Like I feel like I know what you're talking about. But when you think of it, let me know. Sounds that that book sounds interesting. Uh, that especially since the two things that you just described seem to have nothing to do with each other, so it'll be interesting to see how it comes together. Yes, it definitely would. Yeah, it's it's uh I keep adding characters in their points of view and I've got to stop doing that because it's it <laughs> I just keep writing new scenes and new characters and so I'm like, no, I gotta actually stay with the characters I wanted to focus on. Listen, know? that makes and, for a good series. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Because you know, I got I got way into the grandson. Um who buys the pot that he gives to his granddad? Um, and, uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and point. don't realize it. <laughs> yeah, I got way into trying to write his story. He's a high school kid, and and he's like trying to burn a a flag hanging from some guy's pickup truck. Can't get it to light, you know, and just just having a bad day in general. And I'm like, why am I writing this? 
you know, so Absolutely. I've got to decide who, who my main characters really are aside from these two guys. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you'll get it. Or, or maybe it'll just become a book of short stories for just these two guys. Either way, we're already drawn. Okay, yeah, you, got good. <laughs> you got something okay, going. Good. Wherever you go with it, you got you got fish hooking going. I'm ready. Before, before I get away with my thoughts, uh, the movie that I was thinking of is uh, Vantage Point, and I don't understand how. I don't remember these people, but it's uh, Dennis Quaid, Matthew Fox, Forrest Whitaker, Sigourney Weaver, and William Hurt. It's a damn good movie. I've definitely heard of that. I've heard of it, but I've never. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've put that in my. Is that a sin that I didn't do that? By the way, is that one that I should have seen, Jay? If it has a following, it's a small cult following. It's not something that you just say, "Hey, what's your favorite movie?" Oh, I like Vantage Point. No, no, no. It's a good movie, though. It's a good movie. I'm not taking anything away from it. We'll see. I'll check it out. The other thing I thought was film, so I love movies. Well, oh. What's your favorite? What's your favorite genre first? My favorite genre of movies, uh, probably dark comedy, which that's not surprising, probably given what I've talked about. Tonight. <laughs> you know, I like I like a old Jonathan Demme movie called Something Wild with Melanie Griffith and Jeff Daniels in okay. it. Um, American Beauty is one of my favorite movies. Wait, that's yeah, I remember that movie. That that's is that a dark comedy? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that would make sense because a friend of mine who's a comedian who does stand up, he's been telling me for years, like, "Yo, have you seen American Beauty?" I'm like, "Nah, I gotta see it." And that makes sense why, like, he's recommending it if there's some dark comedy in it because he, yeah. All right, I'm gonna I have to put up on my watch list because I didn't realize that. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely got some dark comedy to it. I mean, it's it's a dark movie, but it's got some dark comedy in it um, in terms of uh, what Kevin Spacey's character in particular gets into. Okay. Uh, yeah, he plays a good role. I, now, I know you were saying that dark comedy is your favorite, but I was actually talking to a friend of mine recently about um, Leslie Nielsen and like the Naked uh, Gun and the Airplane. Yeah. And how they just have that sort of deadpan comedy. Are you a fan of that? Because I personally Naked kind of got that. Naked Gun was amazing. Airplane is my mother's favorite movie. Like, she just. Really? It's, it's good, clean humor. It, for the oh, most part. It's just like the Ernest movies. You can't you can't not watch the Ernest movies. I, I don't know. Well, it's emo. What, Tali? <laughs> All right, you see now. Now I think I that, saw. I think okay. I saw the Halloween one when I was really young. That's the best one, the one with the troll. But I was really er young, and I think that troll Ernest scares me. And I was like, I don't want to see Ernest. I don't. <laughs> I don't want some scary troll thing. I thought he was funny, and so like that's all I remembered. So I never watched Ernest, and like I, I've kind of regret that. I don't regret missing out on PB. That that's not funny. That was weird. PB's weird. <laughs> Shout out to Airplane. <laughs> and then Leslie Nielsen and dark comedies and stuff. Are you a fan of like Monty Python? Oh yeah, love Monty Python. I'm uh, I'm a little older than I've all of you, seen. so I go back to I go back to Blazing Saddles for okay. You know, well, how comedy about like that, so. Abbott and Costello. 
Well, I'm not that old. Okay, I, <laughs> but I do like. I actually, Abbott I grew up on Abbott and Costello and like Dean Crosby and Bob Hope in the Road Two films and like Three Stooges. I actually mm -hmm. saw those a lot growing up. So, oh my God, Matthew, get out of here with the salad fingers. Yeah, Three Stooges um, I watched, but like I, I grew up on those, and to this day, I love them. I actually spent a, four or five years getting a collection of. You can't see them up there, but in my closet on the top, there's a bunch of stuff there. It looks like books mostly actually dvd collections and i find oh, yeah. i found the collection uh for the uh marx brothers so i have all of their movies and they're hilarious to me they're like it's just so good like and <laughs> i i've loved comedy since i was a little kid because of that and like just enjoying all yeah. that and seeing what it is now it's kind of like comedy is actually not that good anymore it's not <laughs> it's really just abrasive and throwing it depends on who you listen to but a lot of times, comedy is not really good in film. Dave Chappelle is still comedian. I'm talking about specifically in film here. Okay, uh, yeah, because in film, there's been uh, a severe drop off in comedy, which is unfortunate. Coming to America didn't hit the mark that everybody thought it would. Like you said, Mel Brooks and like Blazing Saddles. That's just uh, where are white women at? So that's like, so quotable. And then like just how the whole end where they're chasing them through all the different stages, disrupting everything. <laughs> Oh, it's just oh, great. Brooks. Hilarious. So Luan, what what do you think the timeline for your your novel of short stories is? Maybe another My two years out? Story. Yeah, probably a couple years out with it. I want to get this collection of short stories out first. Um I've got this other book that I'm co-editing too, which will be finished up in well, we'll have our, our Decisions made probably by September with it um, or October, and then I'll be able to focus in on the. Yeah, well, I'm retired now, so I'm not teaching, so I have time to write and to edit and do it all now. So that's a whole new career, basically. And do it all you shall. And it starts I with. Hope, I hope. Taboos and Transgressions, Stories of Wrongdoings, co-edited by Luann Smith. Go pick that up. I know we got our copies. That's right. And if you want, you can pay me to read it out to you. You should contact Audrey. Not in that voice, though. Not in that voice. He's going to do it in the voice you heard on the uh, the intro, the new intro. No, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to listen to a book like oh, that. I can, I can even speak kind of nice like this. You know, you just tell me what you want to say. <laughs> or you can pay me to stop talking like this. Right, like that. Do that. You can do oh, yeah. this. I'll do it. <laughs> you can do all the voices. <laughs> I do them. That's great. That's great, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We, we try to make a bit of variety when we do the show, but we don't always do voices. And honestly, by putting mine in the in the oh, thing there, I'm just the playing the stuff. See, look at that. Especially when it's Mario time. Where do you come we from? I'm flexing because it's fun time. You know, we're having a good time. Talking he's a little um, bit of fun time. He's, he's <laughs> like my brother. Like like a Luigi, who I've lost a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something we, we try to do more so on our other, our other show, uh, The Break Room. 
Yes, which you can catch every Saturday night live here on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch Live, and now Periscope. Thank you for having us, Periscope. Right. But thank you, Luann, very much for uh, joining us tonight for our uh, our lowly show here. Um, thank you. It, so it was a lovely you. time. It was. Make sure it you was. guys visit Luann's website, Luann. Okay. L-U-A-N-N-E Establishing a Legacy of Live Readings Now what do you mean about live readings? Do you go personally over there and you start reading to people? I wish I did more often. I'm a ham. I love to read to people. But um, no, I actually donated to my school um, that after I retired and set up a reading series there to bring in writers um, oh. so that they could afford to be able to do that so that's what that that article's about. Oh, very very interesting. So go go to her website. And what is that website again, China? Again, it's Luann L U A N N E hyphen Smith S M I T H dot com. The many faces my, of Luann Smith. Look at that. Yes, that's the early days. Uh oh. Yeah. Eighties there. <laughs> all right were you well, used as a oh your, your husband painted that oh that's cool yeah, yeah. wow face is really well done yeah really nice yeah. it's rare you get a portrait that nice right yeah, he does a lot of portraits. <laughs> that's a nice bonus in a spouse <laughs> yes, that's a mullet. <laughs> that's a mullet too. Yeah, that was the eighties. That was the eighties. I did a cross country uh, drive with a tent and a friend of mine, and we spent about a month and a half on the road. and And that was when we finally got to the Pacific Ocean. So uh, that was California in my twenties. Do you know where? Long road Do you, do you know what beach that was? Uh, we were in San Diego, so it would have been okay. probably around like Point or something like that. Yeah, it, it would have been down there, down there somewhere. That one, wherever that was, the one with the sand, where the water is. Yeah, you know that oh, one. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> ever. <Sorry. laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, Luann. Uh, we want we appreciate you, you coming through. Yes. Um, again, peoples, take a look at the book. Taboos and Transgressions, Stories of Wrongdoings. Now, her name won't be uh, across the book like that. And our, our little mascot, JJ, will not be there either. Uh, none of our uh, logos either. So you'll, you'll still get the pony there. But. Don't look for the uh, talking junk add-ons. It won't be there. Yeah, don't be add-ons. Oh, wait. <laughs> but thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really thank you. Uh, we'll be looking forward to your book. Yes, definitely let us know. We can get oh, you yeah. up here so you can plug it, because by then we'll be much bigger. So we, we got you. You were here now when we're at the okay. bottom. We got you. When you need the exposure, just let us know. And to send you guys off, we will have the rest in peace of the old intro and show you what you missed in the beginning.
the new one. Have a great night, everybody. We love you, Junkers. Listen to the new intro. Go order the new shirts. Please. I'll put all the shirts up on uh, Facebook shortly, probably within the next week, so you guys can hit me up for the orders. And again, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, here's our Join us tomorrow. Intro. No, no. <laughs> Let me cut you off real quick. She's absolutely right. Join us tomorrow for the break room. Yes, please we, do. We will be talking about a very, very controversial subject. No. Do, do women know what women want? See my eye twitching? It's twitching already. <laughs> I'm so happy Not to have only, this conversation tomorrow. Not only will we be unveil did we unveil a new intro tonight with um which I'm gonna show you guys right now. So if you missed it in the beginning, you guys can see it now. But uh we will be unveiling a new one for the break room. So Thank you guys for joining us tonight. We uh, hope to see you tomorrow night. For all my listeners listening on podcast land, thank you for joining us. Dip into those archives wherever you listen to your podcasts and enjoy this nice, smooth intro, which the people in a podcast world will not be hearing. You only get it once. Welcome to Talking Junk. I'm your host, Jason Melendez. Live now every week on Fridays. Talking junk. A multitude of professionals in different aspects, different walks of life. You have to come on and talk junk like a normal person.